feeling the pressure put, I'm in control Learning the business, I'm putting the work and I'm ready to go And if you're scared, don't be Just listen to Tony What's going on guys? Welcome into episode number 44 of the Ask Tony Show. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Today I'm super excited to have my guest on the show. I'm going to talk about something that I haven't ever talked about on the podcast, but it's a topic that is very dear to my heart. It's one that I used to have an entire podcast specifically dedicated to. I did it for years and, um, you know, kind of how all this kind of came about was from a social media post that I'll talk about in a second. But uh, first of all, guys, I just want to once again, thank you guys for being here uh, today. My guest, his name is TJ, TJ Fa'amusili. He is a religious instructor and he has a ton of great content, uh, spiritual, spiritually driven content on social media, on TikTok, on Instagram. And so the topic that I want to talk about today is just that it's religion, the importance of religion, or maybe even the role that religion uh, should play in our lives and kind of why I feel like, and this is just my personal opinion, we as a society have kind of drifted away from uh, the religious perspective. So uh, I wanted to have TJ on because he is a religious instructor. And so he lives and breathes this every day. He's a youth instructor. And so I really wanted to bring him on to give his two cents and give his perspective on how he has seen uh, religion, just religion in general, uh, have impact in somebody's lives. So TJ, thank you so much for being here, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Pumped. Yeah, for sure. And so uh, talk to us a little bit about what you do, kind of a little bit about your background. Um, share with the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, I'm from Kennewick, Washington. That's where I grew up. Um, I went and served a mission for my church, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, just down in Southern California, down in the Redlands Mission. And came back and I started, I went to school over at BYU-Idaho, over in Rexburg. And that's kind of where I started student teaching for seminary. And um, and I've just been teaching, student teaching and teaching part-time for about a year now. And so, yeah, seminary is something that I love doing. I feel like when I was younger, I was just, um, just it was hard for me to understand and really get into spiritual things and to understand how how God and how the gospel can relate to my life. And so seminary is a cool way to kind of try to help out kids to do that. And so I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember back in my my seminary days, it, it really helped out a ton. It was honestly one of my favorite classes uh, all, all throughout high school. So I took seminary all four years in high school and I loved it. Honestly, I can I can say looking back that it helped me out a ton just to kind of you know have a little bit of spirituality throughout the week, not only on Sundays, and so that's that's exactly what I want to talk about today, TJ. And all of this kind of stemmed from a social media post that Justin Bieber shared where he talked about religion and he talked about how people should kind of stray away from religion, how he felt like religion was restrictive and it was judgmental. And so I started going through the comments and I literally sat there for 40 minutes just reading comments. And it seems like a lot of people feel this way. And so I yeah. immediately thought I need to talk about this. So I did a solo podcast on this, but then I thought, ah, it's it. I, I need to bring someone else who is kind of more in it, more deeply in it on a day-to-day -day basis to talk about this. And so 
when it when it comes to the role of religion in in our lives, TJ, talk to us a little bit about the impact that you have seen uh, seminary classes and kind of having these spiritual principles in the lives of the youth that you work with every day. Yeah, I think um, uh, just thinking about that post and kind of the whole message, right, that to take a step back from religion and don't let religion get in the way of God. And it's interesting. I, you know, if looking at it from that perspective, I really do. I, I, I'd say I really agree with that. I mean, I agree with the fact that anytime religion or if we get caught up so much in the culture that we start to lose sight or lose focus on God, I think we're missing out. I don't think it's a terrible way to live if you're just um, into church, but the whole purpose of church should be to lead us to God or our higher power or whatever. And so I guess just the impact on my life has been exactly that is church. I've never, I've kind of, there's been times when I've loved church and there's times when I don't like church or sometimes I get kind of tired of church and that's before and after my mission. However, when my folk, when, when my focus is that church will help me grow closer to God and that church will help, will kind of be an instrument to point me to him. That's when I always love it. And I think it's all about the attitude and the mindset that we have towards church, because, you know, if church is, like I said before, if church is getting in the way, there's a scripture that I love that talks about. Sometimes we look beyond the mark. Sometimes we're, um, instead of focusing on God, we focus on other things. And so if church ever does that, I think that's when it's valuable to take a step back and see, okay, am, am I using church for my benefit or am I using it as a crutch or am, am I letting it get in the way? And so anyway, those are some of my thoughts on that. I love it. No, and I agree that it has to be contextualized properly, right? If, if we use church to kind of boost our ego, then we're not getting it. If we, if we use church, yeah to make us feel like we're better than those that don't go to church or those that are from a different church, then like you say, we're missing the mark and we're just not understanding what we're professing to believe in in the first place. And so one of yeah. the interesting things, TJ, was uh, I've talked to a lot of people that have been in church and in, in different religions, right? I've talked to people at LDS, uh, Catholics, evangelists. I mean, I've, I've, I've talked to all sorts of people and there seems to be a common thread and reading through the comments of Bieber's post, it was all over the place. And it seems that there are two main issues that people have with religion in today's day. Issue number one is that they feel, and actually Bieber mentions this in his post, but they feel that when they go to church, they're being judged. That church is just full of judgmental people that just look down on them and they expect them to be perfect or they feel like they should be perfect and they're not. And so one of the reasons why people uh, shy away from churches because they feel judged. Now, the interesting thing that, that I found was that in Bieber's post, he talked about how church points out your flaws. Now, in my opinion, that's kind of what church is for, right? <laughs> you know, God established yeah. commandments and he has his rules. He's a God of love. But in my opinion, he's also a God of order and he also expects obedience. I don't see... a a way that you could read the scriptures, read the words of Christ and come to a conclusion that is not, he's a loving God, but at the same time, he has expectations of his followers. And so when you fall short of that, someone has to tell you, right? There, there, there has to be some wake up point 
And it seems to me that that is one of the roles of religion is to kind of get you back on track and kind of let you know, hey, this isn't okay, or you should you should kind of try to, to, to adjust here or there. To that, you say what? Yeah. Yeah, no, to that, I say amen. I think, um, yeah, just a couple of my thoughts are, I think we, we love we love the truth that God loves us. And that's, and that's number one. I think that should always be number one, that we understand he loves us, he cares for us, he wants us to return to him, he wants us to become like him so that we can find more joy, right, in life. But it's, it's also, we can't ignore the part of him and the truth about God that he is, like you said, he's a God of order and he's a God of justice. And, you know, with anything in life, like we can never just go the easy, like there, there's no like really successful person, like athlete, or, I mean, you think about Kobe, right? We know Kobe for um, working his butt off all the time, showing up early to the games and, um, and, and practicing and, and, and putting all that work in. We can't expect to live, a, a, I gotta be careful how I say this, but we, we just, we can't expect to really become like God and, and to reach our full potential, what he sees us as, if we don't go through some pain and some suffering and some judgment and some hard things and some trials and 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 the listeners the listeners know this um but i think one problem that comes up is is we i don't i don't know that it's a that it's the issue of being judged but also who we're being judged by right and i think we really get offended quick and we really get rubbed the wrong way when we get judged or we perceive someone judging us at church and I and I and that totally makes sense to me, right? We should I, I mean, we shouldn't love that feeling of someone else judging us, especially someone who doesn't know us and doesn't know our story. However, we I think part of, you know, trying to follow God and trying to be more like him and focusing on on him, that includes us seeking desire or, or seeking out some correction, right? And some course correction and some guidance from him and from the spirit and from the teachings, right? Like you said, there that's church is kind of there to point up point out, not that we're not good enough, but just that there's things that we can improve in. And there's more joy and more growth and more happiness to be found if we can take those criticism and, and take that guidance and that correction and apply it into our lives, right? And so I know that was kind of a ramble, but yeah, I think some, I think we don't, we don't like being judged by other people, but I think another thing is, and I, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on this too, is um, a lot of times we say people are judgmental in church, but honestly, everyone's judgmental, you know, naturally, like we're, we're all like, I remember in school studying about, um, it was a aversive, aversive racism, right? Um, just the idea that Anytime someone is different than us, and in, the, in this case, it was a different culture or a different skin color, we, we always have, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of friction there, but it's the same with anything. Anytime anyone is different than us in any way, there's always a little bit of natural friction. Um, and so we all have judgment, but I think the idea is, is that we, it's not just that church people are judgmental, it's that we're all judgmental. And in church, it's just a new way that we got to deal with it and that we got to try to see past it and and look to god and so um but yeah i don't know what I, i'd love to hear tony to your your perspective on that on the judgment no, I and love on it. The, what you yeah, brought up i love it when it comes to to judgment two two things come to mind number one it seems to me that if if someone is being 
unfairly judged or they're being looked down upon by someone in church, what we do is we blame the institution and we say, okay, there are, I don't like these people in church. Therefore, church is bad. Therefore, I'm going to leave because of the people that are in there. And at some level, I understand the sentiment because we feel like, okay, these are the people that are really active. These are the people that are there. They should exemplify what church stands for. And so Mm -hmm. at the same time, what we don't realize is that we judge the people that we feel judged by. And we we get into this vicious cycle where we're like, okay, Sally is judging me. Therefore, I'm going to judge her because she should be better because she goes to church all the time. And so instead of seeing it that way and seeing what we fall into, and here's where I think Satan is so smart at this, at getting us to fall into that, we blame the institution. And we say, okay, church is a bad place because there's people that I don't like within it. That's point number one. And point number two, it seems that in other aspects of our lives, we're okay with correction. If we have a job and we have a performance review, we get it, right? We have to meet a certain standard. We go in with the boss and we're like, hey, this is where things are at. If we talk about school, we have certain grades. We have things we have to do. If we talk about applying for colleges, right? They may accept us, they may not, depending on our resume. And so it seems like in other aspects of life, we're used to this system where there's a standard, we're supposed to at some level work hard to meet that standard so that then we can have some sort of reward. But when it comes to church, we don't, we don't, we don't understand it that way, or we don't want to participate in that same system that we apply outside of the context of religious institutions. Uh, and we think that it should be different, but in my opinion, um, it's the same thing, right? And this kind of goes back to the words of Christ. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, that's it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And so, but we want to bypass that. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we want to say, okay, I, I love God, but I'm going to love him my way and the way that I see fit and not the way that was established. Right? So those are kind of just, just my thoughts on the, uh, the two paths that my brain takes when we talk about, uh, judgment within, within the church. Yeah. Amen to that. I totally agree. And so that, that is kind of number one is judgment within church. The other one, uh, and this one is actually, um, interesting because, and again, people, I feel like when somebody starts to go to church, they have, they have really good intentions, right? They want to learn, they want to get closer to God. But then the other, the other objection is that it's restrictive, that it takes away my freedoms that it doesn't allow me to do what I want to do or be who I want to be. And so whenever I have this conversation, I just always go back to the same thing, right? That if you've read the Bible, if you're familiar with the teaching with the teachings of Christ or whatever religion for that matter, there's some sort of system, there's some sort of organization, there's, there's structure there and it exists for a reason. Christ gave commandments for a reason. And when I read, the words of Christ, you know, he, he, he was very straightforward, right? He was like, this is what you got to do. And these are my commandments and do it. And we feel like that is restrictive or, or we feel like we don't have to abide by those rules because God loves us anyway. 
And again, it's one of those really, really interesting kind of a sleight of hand, right? Because it's true. God loves you regardless if you're a, a God loves sinners, right? But that doesn't mean that doesn't give us a license to do whatever we want. And so in many cases, people, I feel like purposely or knowingly go against the rules per se, because, and they rationalize it saying God loves me anyway. So you can't say anything to me because God loves me anyway. So to that, you say what? Um, yeah, I think, no, I, I, I just, I, I think it's so true. I, I think we hate, um, I think it's so true that we, we really hate restrictions that are put on us, right? We just want to be free. And I think about the commandments and I think about times in my life when I've been living in the way um, of just doing what I want to do, especially before high school. I remember in high school, I really, I really struggled and I didn't like seminary. I didn't like church. I didn't like anything because I feel like I was searching for this like acceptance and connection and love but I kept finding it in all the wrong places. And so when the commandments came along and, and but they would make me feel good in the moment, right? But long-term, I wasn't, it, it was not fulfilling me. It was not making me happy. It was not bringing me real joy. And so when the commandments would come around, like, hey, you're supposed to do this and do this. I would just look at that and, and be like, but I'm like finding this happiness and I don't need to do all that, you know, and not only that, but I felt a lot of guilt and a lot of shame because I wasn't aligning with those commandments and all the things that my parents had taught me, you know, growing up and things that I learned in church. But my experience has been on my mission and after my mission, when I've committed myself to to God and to keeping the commandments, I found that the that the commandments do not restrict us, but rather they give us freedom and they give us fulfillment and they give us joy. Um, they help us grow in ways that we never could if we just did our own thing, right? But I think it, I, the analogy that I keep thinking of is is that of a team, right? Like a sports team. I mean, you no sports team can just kind of do whatever. I mean, you can maybe in high school if you got just crazy athletes, um, but I mean, you get to the pros all the teams have an order, you know, they, they all eat a certain way, their nutrition's a certain way, their, their training and their practice is a certain way. And all of these things are to help them accomplish their mutual goal, to be successful, to win and to have a, and to have a good time and to grow and to, and to give. And I think it's, again, we, we love that mentality. Like you said, Tony, like we love that challenge in sports. We love that challenge in school and in other things. But when it comes to church, I don't know why, but I think we miss it. And I, I think um, if we approach the church the same way to understand, no, it's not that God is limiting us. It's just he wants to be that success. He wants us to be that successful team, you know, and it's bigger than winning a game. Like he wants us to find real joy and happiness in life. Like he wants us to really grow and then contribute and to, and to become our best self, right? But in order to do that, we got to do the same. We need the practice. We need the training. We need the nutrition, our spiritual nutrition. We need the, uh, the church meetings and the, and the promises and the covenants and our sacraments and all the, our, and our scripture reading and our prayer and our missions. And it's not easy, but neither is winning the national championship or whatever, right? And so that's what I think we miss. I, I think when we get caught up in that mindset of, 
um, just do the, the least that we need to do and that we don't want to be restricted by the commandments, I think we are not seeing God's vision for us, which is to lift us and to help us become better, just like a coach. And so if we are not aligning ourselves with that vision, if we don't understand that's the purpose of these rituals and these habits, then of course we're going to get lazy and we're, and we're not going to want to do it. We're going to pick the easier way, right? My way. And so anyway. Yeah, I agree with that a thousand percent. And I think that the analogy of the sports team is so is so accurate because at the end we're we're rooting for for a chip, for a title, right? Whatever that means yeah. in, in a spiritual context. And in order to get there, you do have to follow a certain order. And one of the things that I really learned when I was on my mission is that the commandments are not restrictive. They're they're there because if you do the thing that the Lord is telling you not to do, you're hurting yourself. And it's not, you know, and basically the commandments are there to protect you. And they're trying to tell you, hey, if you do this, you're going to have a bad result. And there's so many examples, right? And we can be very honest. For example, if we talk yeah. about, you know, alcohol, drinking alcohol, it has, it's dangerous, right? Bad things can happen if you drink too much alcohol. That's just a fact. But we want to be free and we want to drink with our friends. If we talk about drugs, same thing. Smoking, same thing. If we talk about things like, you know, having premarital sex and things like that, you know, it can, it can lead to difficult, painful, stressful situations. And I think that here's where it really needs to be contextualized properly because nobody's perfect and mm -hmm. different people struggle with different aspects. Some people struggle with the sex and the pornography. Some people struggle with drinking. Some people struggle with drugs or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. And so everybody has their struggle. But I think where we have to draw the line is understand that the fact that you make mistakes doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't 100%. inherently take away your value as a human. And that's mm -hmm. why I think people get confused because they feel like, okay, I'm not perfect. So the church says that I'm not worthy and that I suck and that I, I shouldn't even be here. I think that's where it needs to be changed to where if you make mistakes like everybody does, you're not a bad person, but you are a person that needs to make corrections. Mm -hmm. You are a person that, that needs to be better. The analogy I always use in this case is fitness, right? Being overweight is not a inherently bad, like it doesn't make you a less valuable human, mm -hmm. but it does mean that you're at a greater risk, right? So you need yeah. to make changes to be healthier so that you can protect yourself. But it doesn't mean that overweight people are less valuable or that they're, they're not as good a people as people that are fit. So I see it the exact same way in a religious context where everybody has their struggle and nobody is perfect, but uh, that just kind of points to things that, that you should work on, right? Yeah. No, 100%. Is it okay if I share a thought on that too? Of course, of course. Jump Tony, in. just I just, I love that analogy with the fitness and then also, and we talked about this, but just the analogy of the hospital, right? Just the idea that we're all sick, you know? And um, I, I think that's so important to understand um, just what you said. It doesn't make us less valuable. Like you said, and uh, I mean, if we get hurt or if we get sick or spiritually, if we're making mistakes or if we're choosing the wrong path, we're not bad people. We're just, we have room to improve and we have things that we can do, we can do better. And But one thing that I do love about the church and and, and just that the church is like a hospital is that, 
we can look around and, and maybe we ought to be doing this more. Maybe we ought to have this sort of um, perspective in church, but to be able to look around and understand like everyone's got their own sickness. Like you said, everyone has their own commandments that they struggle with. I probably have different commandments I struggle with than you or other people, you know, but I love church because we go there and we sit down and we can look around and say, man, we're all sick. We're all hurting, but we are all into, in, we are all in this together, you know, not to get all high school musical on everybody, but, um, you know, I mean, we are all moving towards the same goal. We're all working on the same things. And um, there's just such a, a special, there's a, a video that came out just on the, on the, on our church, on our church website, on the churchofjesuschrist.org of a boy. And he actually grew up in my home city and he he was all he, he was in a rough spot he wasn't even a member of our church and he wasn't but he was just barely trying to experiment and trying to find god he went to church all tatted up you know all his um kind of crazy clothes piercings everything and he sits down by this older lady and she turns to him and she says you know we're so i'm so happy that you're here you know, I'm so grateful that you're here with us. And I just love that so much. And I just think about, man, what if we, what if we all, I think we all need to work on approaching church with that same mentality. You know, who cares if this person, I, and, and sorry, and sorry to go off on this, but just, there, I remember hearing from a stake president saying, you know, I wish that our, our chapel smelled more like smoke and that they smelled more like alcohol, just so that That's everyone so knows no, no matter what it is, we want you here. You belong here, right? We want to improve and we want to get a little better. We want to be a little bit more like Jesus, right? We don't want to stay where we're at. Same with the sports team. We don't want to just settle for one and 10 or whatever. Like we're going for the championship. So we're trying to work together, but in the same breath, we all belong here, you know, no matter what the struggle. And so anyway, sorry to go off on that. It's just, no, this, yeah. no that, that, that is awesome. I love that that uh, stake president saying that he wishes the, the chapel smelled more like smoke because, you know, when, when we're struggling, that's when we need God the most, right? And I think that that's the important bridge that has to be made. We have to see church as a means to an end, not as the end in and of itself, in the sense that mm -hmm. church helps us develop habits. And those habits keep us away from harmful behavior and in staying away from harmful behavior, it points us to productive behaviors that can get us closer to God. And at the end of the day, that really is the intention, right? The intention isn't to just check off all these boxes at church. Um, mm -hmm. It's to develop a relationship with God and make, to make sure that we have um, the proper habits, right? And so one of the interesting things uh, is, and one, so something that I admire a lot about you is the content, right? Going on social media and talking about these things talk to us a little bit about where that started because it's so rare we see all types of content we see motivation we see fitness there's a billion fitness on you know influencers out there but very few are spiritually driven so you're heavy on TikTok, instagram you do a lot of reels and stuff so talk to me a little bit about where that idea came from and what has the response been from doing that on social yeah i, I mean thank thank you for saying that you know i um, I, I think there, there's just, there, there's a few different things. One is being that I, I know just from my own feed and my own experiences with social media, a lot of times 
there's just a lot of there's not a whole lot of light. There's not a whole lot of positivity on your social media unless you're very intentional about unfollowing accounts and following and and uh, just being intentional about your unfollowing people and following people. For me, especially when I was in high school, I was following a lot of accounts that weren't bad, but they just really kind of it made it hard for me not to compare myself and and uh, it made me hard, it made it hard for me just to not yeah to just compare in a negative way I'd, I follow a lot of fitness um, people and these big swole dudes you know and when I approached it with the right mindset I was like heck yeah I'm gonna use their workouts I'm gonna do this when I approached it just kind of going with the flow I was like I'm never gonna be that big you know or I gotta take something crazy to get that big or I'm not strong enough, I don't look good enough, or I don't have the girls, all the things. And so, I mean, that pushed, that kind of pushed me to do two things. One was to be intentional about who I'm following and um, who I'm not following. I needed to follow more good accounts and uplifting accounts and, and friends and family, but also to unfollow some of the things that weren't serving me, that weren't helping me, that weren't helping me. The second thing is it really pushed me to put out more content and things that are uplifting and that are kind of spiritual and positive. Um, and at the same time, and something I'm working on is being more vulnerable on social media too. Just because I know, like I, I just really know that a lot of our accounts, it's negativity, 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 and then something positive. And you know how it is, Tony. I mean, sometimes you see a quote and it'll change your whole day. And so that's something, that's something that kind of pushes me to put out more content. Um, and also just a lot of times when I'm posting things, I, I, I kind of, my ideal, like my, uh, the person that I'm hoping that it would help is kind of uh, rewind to my, my teenage self. You know, sometimes I try to think like, what would teenage me need? Like what would pump me up? What would encourage me and help me know that I'm still, that there's nothing wrong with me, you know, and that I can, that I can do better and be better. And so uh, anyway, those are just some of my thoughts. Those are a little, a uh, few of the things, but that, and also having other positive accounts like you, Tony, like your, like your fire and your positivity and optimism with, with all of you, with your mission and your things with your real estate and motivation and those things. But so I'd say it's a combination of just those things of, uh, you know, understanding there's a lot of garbage out there that, you know, we can make a difference when we push out positive content and then also having our own positive accounts that we can follow to help us post more and um, yeah it's it's so true anyway. i've i've felt that many times in my own life where you really do build your own feed and if you're following the wrong accounts it gets really easy to start seeing social media as toxic and in today's day and age a lot of people say hey social media is toxic so i don't want to be on twitter because it's toxic but you know i always kind of make the counter argument it's not that social media is toxic it's that the people that you are following or interacting with, they're toxic, number one, or uh, you don't have enough positive input, like you said, or you just don't contextualize it properly, right? And so because yeah. nowadays mental health is such, is such a prevalent topic, uh, I find it very interesting that when we get into those dark spots, right, content like what you share definitely helps us. But at some level, you know, when, when it gets really bad and I see this on social and in conversations with people and kind of bringing this back to, to the religious topic, when things get really bad, everybody looks for God. 
but it's just like automatic, right? Like that's what oh, you yeah. do when things get <laughs> bad. You're just like, Hey God, like, are you up there? Like, can yeah. we talk about this, please? Where's the lifeboat? And yeah, exactly. And so we want to be rescued. And I think that the, the point of really plugging into good content and really trying to be more active in whatever church you go to is to, instead of feeling like you're drowning and you need to be rescued, just don't jump off the boat in the first place. Right. And I think that this goes to two things. Number one, we as members, and again, this applies to whatever church you're in, whatever denomination you're in, the people that are in it, we have to do a better job at exemplifying what we profess to believe. So if you believe in Christ, we have to be more Christ-like because we have to understand that number one, people are seeing the institution through, through us. So if we don't do a good job, like that is a tremendous responsibility because if you think about that, if I am doing things the wrong way and if I may be judging people or if, if I let my religion boost my ego and get to my head, my behavior can drive somebody away and that driving away can lead them to make wrong decisions that can negatively impact their life. Like when you look at it that way, it's like, geez, I mean, we have to do a better job at really being a community that is there to uplift, that is there to serve and that is there to help. That was Christ's whole mission. So while I, and we've talked about how people on the outside maybe misunderstand the people on the inside. I think also the people on the inside misunderstand what their role actually is. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I love that. I mean, it really, there is, there's really both ends of the stick, right? You can never put all the, all the blame or on the, or all the credit on the, on the members and uh, likewise people on the outside looking in. No, I just totally agree. I totally agree with everything that you said. Yeah. So yeah. it's something that honestly, I think about a lot because there are a lot of people in my life that uh, have left the church that have bad feelings about the church. I know that a lot of people that are going to listen to this are, are on that boat where they, 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 they hold this, this resentment against the church for some reason. But again, the interesting thing is whenever I discuss it with someone, they can never point to a flaw within the institution. They always point to a flaw with a, a, a person, with an individual. Something yeah. happened. Somebody said something. Somebody did something that was out of line, and they made that connection to where they blamed the church for it, and they left. And that is that's so painful. You know, really, when I, when I see people drift away, and I try to talk to them, and I listen to their stories, I'm like, this this really in almost 99% of cases, the first thought that comes to my head is this doesn't actually have anything to do with the church. It just has something to do with a person that is in a bad place that made a mistake that said something hurtful. And like you said, I mean, church, it's, it's a hospital, right? And there's, there's a saying that I love that it says hurt people, hurt people. And mm. so the folks that are trying to do harm That's that are true. looking down on you, they're the one, I mean, they're at church for a reason, right? And they're, they're, they're trying to be healed, hopefully. And you have to understand that you really have to understand yeah. that. And I remember when, when I was in the mission, one of my mission presidents gave a great analogy talking about this, this whole 
uh, scenario of becoming offended when people say something, right? And so there was, uh, I served my mission in Honduras and there was a ward in the city of Honduras that it was kind of infamous for having a lot of chatter, for having a lot of gossip. Like the, mm-hmm. the stakes around kind of that ward, it was just kind of known for having a lot of backbiting and talking bad. Yeah. And so- Chief Mosa, uh, the Chief Mosa, right? Yes, exactly. So that was the, <laughs> the, the ward of the Chismosos. And something interesting <laughs> happened. My, my mission president, uh, in Honduras, it's a little bit different. So he was very involved with, you know, the state president and, you know, different things like that. He really tried to, to help out his, his stake, if you will. And so on one occasion, we talked about that. And he said, look, there are a lot of people that get offended for things people say. But then he said, I would ask you, what would you do if somebody called your kid ugly? Like if somebody just said, hey, your kid's ugly, would you care? Would you like be offended? And it was very interesting because most people were like, I would just laugh. Like I would be like, you're an idiot. Like I don't care what you think. Right? Like it doesn't matter. And it was so interesting to see that reaction. You know, some people said I would be upset, I would fight, I would be angry. But most people would be like, who cares, right? If you think my kid is ugly, like, it doesn't matter. So why do we, you know, rush, we're, we're, we're quick to protect maybe our child from a negative comment. So if somebody's bullying them or if somebody's saying, hey, you're an ugly kid or you're dumb or you're stupid, we would very quickly jump in to defend them and say, hey, don't listen to them. It doesn't matter. They don't know what they're talking about, right? We would work really hard to protect that child. Why don't we do the same thing with ourselves? Mm. Why don't we have that same dialogue within ourselves the same way that you would tell your son? I mean, I think about my son, Elijah. If somebody was bullying him, that's the conversation I would have, right? Why can we not then have that same attitude when somebody Mm. is doing the same thing to us? Right. And I never forgot that example. I never forgot it because I would defend my kid to the death. Right. And I would try to make him feel okay. And I would say, Hey, you know, I would try to comfort him and just try my hardest so that he didn't feel bad if somebody was, was treating him unfairly. But then we don't do that with ourselves. We don't protect ourselves like that. And I think that we have to be better at not getting so offended. Like, I get it, right? Something's hurt and people can say things that are mean, but so what? Like, that's just yeah. life. We have to be a little bit tougher. And I think that if we can be a little bit tougher, then we can we can kind of not allow some of those things to, to break us down and steer us away from something that is designed to be a positive influence in our life. Yeah, that's so true. I Just as you're talking, I've just the question in my head is like, what, like, there's gotta be a deeper thing, you know? I mean, what is the deeper issue here with people leaving church or having a negative experience and then wanting to leave? Cause my heart goes, and I know your, your heart too, Tony. I mean, our, our hearts go out to them. And, and something I said in my last, in the, in the little TikTok, I made a little TikTok, um, just a few things I wish I understood more about church. And one of the things was, that if you're offended by someone, don't leave because it's it's not going to be worth it for you because 
you know, you think about it, we're at church. We, we, we go to the church so that we can connect with God and be close to Him and get His blessings and become like Him and find joy and fulfillment in our life. But then we can get, you know, uh, just turned off or, or rubbed the wrong way by someone and, and we'll leave kind of in spite of them, right? But when we leave them, naturally, we have to leave those blessings and the happiness and the joy that comes with church. But as you're talking, I was just thinking about just some, I think, some core beliefs about ourselves and others that might be able to help us if we are, um, as we are trying to not be offended as easily, you know, because there's times when I'm offended still. And there, I'm sure there's times when I'm not the best and maybe I might offend someone else, you know, but I think a couple core beliefs is, is for one, for one belief about other people is, and you, and you said it best, you said, uh, what hurt people hurt, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. And so I think a belief about people is we got to understand like when, like every, again, with the hospital, everyone's hurting. And if they're reaching out to offend or to judge, I mean, that's all coming from them. You know, that has nothing to do with us. That has nothing. We didn't do anything wrong. It's just a lot of times they just have their hurt inside. And so they're projecting that on other people. And I think the next belief that can help us is, is just that about ourselves, that there's nothing wrong with us. You know, like we're okay. Like there's nothing wrong with us. Um, and and we, we, I was just reading some scriptures this week of just that we are of great worth to God, you know. And I just, you just think about how sad it must make him when his own children will leave the church because of his other children. You know what I mean? Incredibly and at the same time, though, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that must be incredibly frustrating to him. Yeah. Just like, wow. Um and at the same time, I do know my, I, I have a friend that I'm thinking of right now and she is so amazing and so cool. And she had some really, she had a, people in the church really mistreat her and really judge her in the wrong way and treat her just in the wrong way. And, um, and just recently she came back and it is so amazing to see her strength now because now she's not just coming because it's easy or because it's the thing to do or because her parents made her. She's actually coming even when it's that much harder. Um, but she just, there's such a, such a strength about her and such a light that she's able to come and ignore the judgments and offensive acts of others so that she could be there to be close with God. It's one of the most inspiring things I've seen just in these past couple months to see her. And I really do believe that, you know, I, I really do believe that um, the... The trial and the challenge of dealing with imper imperfect people at church, I know that that is one of the biggest things that God will do to help us become like Him and to help us learn His attributes. Right? A lot of times we'll pay for we're, we'll pray for patience, but then it's hard to exercise patience with stupid people at church. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, true. We'll, or, or we'll pray for love. We'll pray for love, and then we'll get someone that's hard to love, and we're like, "This is stupid. I don't want to go anymore." But I think every time that we make and, and this, especially my heart, our heart goes out to people who are um, have maybe left and who have maybe even had some ideas or, or some thoughts to come back is that I think there is such an opportunity for growth and growing our Christ like attributes when we can overcome um, our own pride and overcome the pride and the misdeeds of others in order to push through to God and to get back to church. 
And so anyway, I love it, man. I think yeah. that there's, there's so much that it really is a conversation that could, that could go on hours and hours and hours. I, people, oh, yeah. people come to my mind, you know, the exact same way people that have had extraordinary stories and we love those stories. You know, we, we love the person that goes through difficult times and then comes back. Like we, as a society, we celebrate that. We love that. But then when it's our turn, we don't want to play anymore. And I think that mm. you said it, you said it perfectly, right? We, we pray for all these things and we ask for guidance and we ask for patience and love. And, but then, you know, God says, all right, you want patience. Then here's this person that you have <laughs> issues with like they're like, that's your workout, right? It, I always think of the gym. If you want to get stronger, you got to go work out and it's going to hurt and you got to be in pain. And that's how you grow. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in spiritual matters. You want more patience? Go deal with Johnny over there that is rude to you. But when that happens, we don't want to play anymore. And we're like, this isn't, mm -hmm. this isn't what I want. I, we want it to just kind of come out of nowhere. Right. And so I think that, and I firmly believe that, that God puts challenges in our lives to make us more like him, to, mm -hmm. to teach us lessons, but we have to be willing to go to school. Right. We got to be willing to go to class. Like if, if we just yeah. want to slough it all day and just go hang out, then we're not going to get better. And yeah. I think about this so much where, and I sound like a broken record, but we apply these principles everywhere else. We apply the hard work. And if we talk about fitness, we apply the sacrifice and the, you know, don't eat stuff you're not supposed to eat and go to the gym and work hard and be consistent in work and school, go to class, do your work, do your best. Why is it so hard to then bridge the gap and bring religious matters or spiritual matters into that bubble? Honestly, I don't understand it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's something that I think about a lot because every other aspect of our lives, we get it as a society and we understand that and we celebrate it. We celebrate when someone starts a small business and they're failing and they're struggling and they're not making any money and then they keep going, they don't quit. And maybe somebody says that their product sucks and then they keep going and eventually they win. But when it comes to spirituality, we just want it easy. Mm -hmm. And I struggle. I'll be honest with you. I struggle to understand why. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, it's tough. I think where school and sports and fitness and these things, I, I think, I mean, I think there's a lot more hype around them, right? Whereas spiritual things and church, I think as time goes on and we get, right, our, our belief is that, you know, Christ will come again. And I, I mean, I think as we get closer and closer to that, there's going to be less and less hype about church and, 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 and attention away from church and on these other things. But again, like you said, I mean, when the boat starts sinking, then everyone's like, where's the lifeboat? And, uh, where, when really we could have just, if we were just in the right boat in the first place, maybe then we'd be okay. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's tough, man. Yeah, I, I, no, it I is, but, you know, j just to kind of wrap up here, TJ, I think that there's, there's some key takeaways, right? And at the end, I kind of want to ask you for your top three tips, but number one, I think that if, if, if we start with the people on the outside, I think some key takeaways are understanding properly contextualized that if somebody within 
the church is acting up or isn't doing the right thing, that's not the fault of the institution. So don't blame. You got you got to learn to separate, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. So if there's somebody that just isn't doing what they should be doing, that's fine. Like we can't judge the judger. So we got to be really careful there. Number one and number two, I think when it comes to people that are on the on the outside, don't view or we got to get away from viewing the commandments and God and just religion in general as a shackle, as restrictive. They're there to protect us like traffic laws, like anything else, right? They're there to try to steer us away from something that could bring some harm. And if we talk about the people that are on the inside, number one, be better, right? Just do a better job, like really work hard to, to, for people to see the light of Christ in you, right? If you, if the, if, if you profess to believe, then work on those Christ-like attributes try to serve people just just try to be a good person just uplift someone that is coming to church like you said you don't know someone's story you don't know what happened you don't know why they're there so we just got to be better people like we just got to be kinder just just be kinder and uh you just said something key when you said that these religious matters perhaps don't have as much hype and that's where i think that in your case, and I know that you don't see yourself this way, but I, I firmly believe you're going to become this, is you know a spiritual influencer. I think we need to embrace that and we need to spread positivity. And the those of us that feel positive and that are in these positions, we need to be louder because the negative people are already screaming at the top of their lungs, right? So we need to be louder. And so I commend you. I, I really do, TJ. I, I watch your stuff. I commend you for putting yourself out there and talking about something that is tough to talk about, that is not very common to be discussed on social. And so I commend you for that. So before we go, TJ, give us your top three tips for somebody who is struggling, maybe the, whether they've been in or out of the church, doesn't matter, just someone that is struggling and would like to get closer to God based on your experience as an instructor? Um, man, I, th- I think the first thing I, I, I just, I, I think of myself just when I was real lost, you know, as a teenager and um, man, if I was going to give any advice, I, I think, well, first I'd want to give him a hug. You know what I mean? I mean, if you know, if any of you guys are listening, I'm just Tony and I are giving you a big air hug, you know, because it's hard, man. And if you turned away, listen, there's zero judgment, right? There's zero. Um, you know, if someone was sitting here like, nah, I left church because of this, there's zero judgment. Like we all have our own journey and, and decisions. I just I keep going back to these kind of three analogies that we've brought up. I think if and I think the key is if we can understand the church and how it connects to these three analogies, I think that that could help um, someone. And and the first one is just that we've brought up is that the church is a hospital, you know, just we got to understand that we're all sick and we all need healing. And um, if someone's sitting in the bed next to us saying, oh, my gosh, you, you know, I can't believe you broke your leg, you know, how how humiliating. I mean, we could just turn back and say, well, you know, you've got a broken arm or you've got this or whatever. But I mean, not that we want to do that, but we just got to understand we're all sick and we all need healing and we're all in the hospital together when we go to church. 
um, and we're healed by the master healer, right? By God. And, um, the second is that of a, that the church is a team. It's a, it's a team sport. It's a team game. We got to understand that, um, that it's, it's, it's going to be hard to achieve that goal. It's not easy to become more like God. It's not easy to be like Jesus. It's not easy to become our best self. Um, it's not easy to grow and give. But as we put in the work and the effort and those rituals and the practices and the nutrition, just like a sports team, I mean, and we treat the commandments that way, then we'll be able to achieve our goals as a team, as a church. And then just that third analogy, and you mainly brought this up, and I love this, but that a church is a classroom, you know, um, that there's a lot of things to learn, and there's there's going to be times when we, when we screw up on a test, and there's going to be times when we feel like we're going to drop out, but I think we can take comfort in that the master teacher, right, Jesus Christ, is... Um, right there and all all he wants us to do is to not give up he don't want us to be perfect he doesn't need us to do honors he doesn't need a 4.0 he just needs us to show up and do our best and so i think if we can remember that the church is a hospital it's a team and it's a class um i think that, that those thoughts and those those principles will really serve us and but again just a big hug man for for anyone out there who's struggling or trying to uh trying to reach out to god i, I know and I just I just wrote this little I just wrote a little song about this is just that I know if we any efforts we make to turn to him and to try to trust him that he'll be there for us and that he'll be able to lift us up. And so just don't give up, you know. And so, yeah, I guess those would be kind of my closing. So key. Closing yeah, thoughts so on key, that. TJ. Thank you so much. Honestly, this has been one of my favorite episodes. I love talking about this topic. Uh, I wish I still had my my podcast. Uh, maybe we'll have to, we'll have to go back and start one, but, uh, yeah, thank you so much, TJ. Last of all, <laughs> for sure. Uh, tell people where they can find you, where they can connect to you. Uh, I know that you're all over Instagram, TikTok. What is your handle? Where can people find you? Um, yeah, it's just my first and last name on everything. It's just TJ. And then my last name is Fa Mausili. So it's, uh, F-A-A-M-A-U-S-I-L-I. But if you just t search, uh, search like TJ and then FAA, then it usually pops up on stuff. But yeah, Facebook and Instagram. I just wrote a new little song if you guys wanted to check that out. Just a little positive message there. And I'm trying to get my podcast up and running here soon. I, I want to, I've kind of talked to you about this, Tony, but I, I want to, I have this podcast called Dear Younger Me. And the whole point of that is I want to bring people on to kind of give advice and give some show, share some experiences that could help the younger generation, help the youth out. And so, yeah, those are, that's where you guys can reach me if you want, but yeah. Love it, but guys. thank you, guys, Tony. Guys, I really, TJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, man. Thank you so much for jumping on, sharing your experiences. I, you, you basically have my dream job, so I'm, I'm kind of lucky <laughs> jealous, but guys, um, Check out, check out TJ, check out his stuff, follow him on social. He has some great content, guys. And with that being said, this has been episode number 44 of the Ask Tony Show. Guys, thank you so much. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. It means so much to me. If you like this podcast, share it, pass it on. Find me on Instagram, underscore Tony V2. Shoot me a DM. 
Until next time. Thank you.